ASMR, but rather a podcast about ASMR. <laughs> what the? Ian, what are you doing? <laughs> um, so Ian just made some. <laughs> just like got made a, a bunch of noises he got up he... jacket got <laughs> walk over ah <laughs> oh, here we are here we are oh, what's this what's on my computer oh hey john is that you <laughs> hey ian uh so how's that modeling life treating you oh hey yeah so i just got back from my trip uh-huh Literally just walked in the door right now. Yeah, and, um, I, I can see that. Yeah, so it's been going pretty good. I don't quite know how you set up the computer to record while I was away, but <laughs> I don't know. Um, so yeah, I guess I do have a bit of an announcement to make, John. Yeah. This might come as a shock to you, and it'll certainly mm-hmm. come as a shock to all of our viewers, but I was not, in fact, pursuing a modeling career while I was no? away. You didn't get a lot of good advice from... Um... From from what's her name, the model that we yeah, were talking I was about. Yeah, but then I, I sort of forgot about it, and then when I remembered, I decided not to do it. Oh, okay. Um, instead, John, so I've been—I'm not sure if you're aware of this, but March, which we're no longer in, was Podcast Appreciation Month. Oh yeah, Tripod, uh, as in try a podcast. Yeah, and so we didn't really I, plug that at all. We probably should have, but it's never too late. It's never too late, even though it is no longer March, and thus it is too late. Um, so, so I, in the spirit of uh, the Tripod Month, tried out a few new podcasts. And I was oh, thinking, nice. you know, how can we sort of make this podcast a bigger hit? More sensational, more of a success. Mm-hmm. And so you know what I did, John? What? I went to the top of the iTunes playlist. And you know what I saw there? What'd you say? Missing Richard Simmons. Okay. And John, that I haven't me- listened to it. That gave me a great idea. For for the listeners who are not familiar, uh, Missing Richard Simmons is a it's a podcast that's sort of in the same vein as Serial, something that I've heard referred to as a prestige podcast. It's, I so I haven't listened to either of them, but my understanding uh, is that they both fall into the highbrow voyeurism category of podcasts. Yeah, yeah, which I think might also be called prestige podcasts. Okay, um, I think. I think prestige podcast is maybe maybe dresses it up a little too much. Mm-hmm. I think I prefer my 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 term for the genre. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Um, so I saw you know I mean Serial was a massive success, then mm-hmm. Missing Richard Simmons, massive success. Yeah, uh, and then there's also another another serial like podcast, S Town, that came out. It's it's pretty successful as well, and so that just got me thinking. You know, what if I just took a couple of weeks uh, and went out and did some voyeurism. <laughs> oh, now, I was thinking uh, that you were like inspired by missing Richard Simmons, and that we would be missing Ian. I mean, that's that's another way that you could view it. But no, no, I decided that I would go out and try to solve the mystery, John. Mm-hmm. And it's a mystery. It's actually very closely related to our quest for today, which was um, investigating the stylings of Bob Ross. It's true. Because 
you know, the, the whole premise of missing Richard Simmons is Richard Simmons was a celebrity who was really in the spotlight for quite a while, um, really got a lot of engagement with his fans. He was well-known for interacting with, like, all sorts of tour buses and signing autographs for everyone. And then one day, a couple of years back, he just suddenly cut out his whole public life entirely. Yeah. Hasn't seen in public since. He's not been on, like, any any television shows or anything. He just seems to have become a total recluse. And this podcast was investigating it. And I realized, you know, Bob Ross... Between the 80s and the early 90s, you know, he was, he was a pretty big public presence. He had his yeah. whole painting. <laughs> I think I can, solve, I can solve this mystery right now as to why Bob Ross has disappeared from the public eye. <laughs> well, John, it's, it's funny that you should mention that because after my two week quest, I went, I interviewed a lot of people. I went to his house. Rang the doorbell several times. I harassed his family and friends. And then, uh, sort of embarrassingly enough, a couple of days ago, I discovered that he's actually been dead since 1995. <laughs> and so I solved that mystery. Um, so I'm, I'm proud of myself for that. But then also when I came back, I read um, some of the more recent coverage of Missing Richard Simmons and it really seems like public opinion has sort of taken a turn against these these very voyeuristic podcasts. So maybe we shouldn't yeah. use any of the extensive <laughs> and well-produced audio that I recorded. Well, I think the other problem is that with most of these sort of voyeuristic podcasts, um, there's like a mystery that people are like don't necessarily know the. You know, there's a mystery, then people people don't know why these things have happened. And so mm-hmm. there's sort of this story unfolding before their eyes, and I think that's really what draws people into them. Um, I feel like like most people already kind of know the ending of that tale. Um, well, John, I, I don't know about that, because I think it took me a lot of investigative journalism to get down to the bottom of this one. It, it was not easy to discover that Bob Ross has been dead since 1995. All right. <laughs> Well, the, the the good news, Ian, is uh, I too have uh, have tried some new podcasts, uh, and I oh. also was inspired. Um, so I started listening uh, probably a little over a week ago to uh, the worst idea of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, and at this point, I have nearly finished season two. Oh uh, man! Did you so listen, listen to season one? Uh, no, no. Um, season one is only available to. Uh, I think you, I think through Earwolf, uh, if you're a paying subscriber. Oh, uh, all so I, I had listened through a good chunk of Worst Idea of All Time um, earlier this year, and I remember it was like I was halfway through, and then suddenly stuff was only available on Earwolf. But I thought that was only the like second half of the season. It was just all of them. Yeah, all pretty much all of season two, except for one episode for some reason is only available on Earwolf. Uh, but season two and three are still available for free. Um, okay. So I've been listening through season two. Uh, just listened to nearly all of it, including their five-hour monstrosity in which they recorded live while watching uh, the uh, Sex in the City back-to-back. Two. Or Sex in the City 2 back-to-back. <laughs> um, oh god, I did not know they did that. Yeah. Uh, it, it's... 
they they didn't enjoy it, but I enjoyed the recording, even though it was very now, long. So I listened uh, to some of season two, mm-hmm. but I eventually stopped because it was just depressing me. Um, <laughs> I recall there was one moment where I think it was Guy was saying something along the lines of, "You know, I'm just so disappointed in them. They need to do better." And Tim was like, "Well, I don't think that's going to happen." Was that season two? Uh, yeah, I, I think that actually happens several times, or at least, like, variations on that same idea, where they really want the characters to do something different week to week, but obviously that is not going to happen. Actually, how uh, do you describe what the premise of Worst Idea of All Time is? Uh, no, so, yeah, for, for, the people, for people who are unaware, The Worst Idea of All Time is a podcast in which two comedians from New Zealand uh, watch the same movie every week for a year um the first season they watched grown-ups too the second season they watched uh sex in the city uh in season three which i believe is about to wrap up yeah sorry sex in the city two big difference apparently sex in the city one the movie is okay i think i think if you're a fan of the show it's pretty good otherwise it's i think just okay uh sex in the city two is pretty much universally bad uh like pretty much everyone hates it from what i've heard uh and so they watch the same bad movie every week for a year. Um and they just get they just kind of drive themselves insane on this quest. Um but they're they're very funny throughout. Um and it's quite enjoyable. But uh, the way that I was inspired was uh I was listening to the podcast, uh, both their podcast and our podcast. And I was thinking that like or one of my big complaints about our podcast has been that I tend to be pretty stiff on the mic, I feel. Mm. Um and I think the problem is that I'm trying too hard to podcast. Um, and listening to The Worst City of All Time, they're not trying to podcast at all. Uh, they've kind of taken the opposite approach. Uh, and so I'm going to try to, try to, you know, take some inspiration from them. You know, I'm not here to podcast. I'm just here to have a conversation with my mate. You're, my mate. Well, hold Ian. on, John. <laughs> you said mate there, but I'm pretty sure you're not from New Zealand, so. <laughs> Good evening to stiffen back up. Alright, okay. Also, Um, for our listeners who are not viewing the video, I do want to report that John's shirt is pretty unbuttoned at this point. It's actually really not. It just, like, it just folded over on its own, weirdly. Um, I've only got, like, the top two unbuttons undone. It just folded in such a way that it looked like it was more open, given where Mm. the camera frame is being cut off. Okay. Um, I will admit, though, I am not wearing pants. Uh, wow. As my pants got really uncomfortable just like a minute or two before we started recording, and I had to take them off. Uh, so I I am doing this in my underwear. Well, actually, John, now that I think about it, because um, what did we do right before we started recording? Um, God damn it! <laughs> what did we do, John, no. right before we started recording? Fuck. Uh, we... We watched a video, which... A video? I think, I, think so us, video? I, think that's, I think that brings us, Ian, to side quests. I think it's time we move into our next segment. <laughs> Hold on, no, John. I want to I finish... I want to finish this point I'm making, John. What video did we watch? We watched... We watched an incredible video. We watched ASMR Team Rocket Captures You 
Pokemon Trainer Roleplay by GB ASMR. So we watched an ASMR video right before we started recording, and you had to take off your pants because they were, got uncomfortable for some reason. Now, Ian, Ian, you will recall, I took off my pants before we watched the video. I don't know, John. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Ian, I told you when I was taking them off because I needed you to be informed. It was <laughs> as soon as the call started. So if you're going to be making accusations about What's getting me all aroused? Uh, the thing that was getting me aroused clearly was not uh, this ASMR video, but just the fact that I was about to have a have a Skype call with you, Ian. Aww. Yeah. Very sweet. Very sweet call. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, so yeah, let's let's talk about our our side quests. Um, so as as uh, just stated, uh, we just watched um. This this video by GB, um, in which she uh, dresses up as as Jesse from Team Rocket uh, from Pokemon. For those of you who are not familiar, um, and it was amazing. Uh, I think she released it on April second, uh, and on April first she released a similar video. So I think it was sort of an April Fool's thing, but mostly it was just an amazing. Uh, Team Rocket roleplay video. Um, I mean, it definitely had lots of ASMR elements. It didn't trigger ASMR for me personally. Uh, I think it was a little on the short side, and I was also too invested in like in the banter. Because uh, she she also got her best friend slash cousin, according to the video description, uh, to record the voice of Jesse. Um, and and there's just a lot of great banter in the video. It's very true to to the show, to the characters on the show. Uh, just a lot of back and forth. A lot of uh, talking about who's more beautiful. Um, at one point, James says something about how he would love to have, like, have a skirt because it would be breezy or something. And she says the world couldn't handle his thighs. And he says, oh, I know. And it's just... That was pretty good. It's it's so it's so perfect. It's so spot on. It really is Jesse and James. I mean, here was my one problem with it about being Jesse and James, though. Mm-hmm. I remember Jesse whispering quite so much. Okay, well, it is an ASMR video, Ian. So you gotta cut some slack <laughs> there, John. When I ever cut slack for ASMR videos, I hold them <laughs> to a high point. standard. Um. <laughs> So, since it has been just like fucking ages since the last time we recorded, I watched, actually not that many, but a handful of other ASMR videos. Uh, I watched, um, let's see, uh, oh, well, I, 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 I was inspired by our, the last real episode we did about ten years ago on, uh, the chiropractic adjustments to try watching some other like, unintentional ASMR videos. And so I came across uh, this one video, Alexander Technique Lesson with Diana Devitt De- Dawson by Diana Devitt Dawson, um, in which, uh, which is a woman giving another woman a lesson on the Alexander Technique, which is something I had not heard of before, but it is a... Uh, um, like a posture technique, I guess. 
uh, invented by some guy whose last name was Alexander, who I believe is an actor. Um, supposedly it is a, like, good posture technique. To my eyes, the woman giving the lesson and the woman receiving the lesson both had perfect posture. Uh, presumably that's not the case. I don't know anything about posture. Uh, it wasn't binaural, so for me it did not trigger ASMR, but if you're interested in the Alexander Technique, uh, check it out. Or if unintentional ASMR videos work for you, uh, again, check it out. Um, oh, I also watched ASMR Helping You Fall Asleep in Bed Friend Roleplay by ASMR Darling, because a certain Twitter follower of ours, um, a certain, our only Twitter follower... Mm -hmm. uh, sent this video to us as supposed proof that ASMR is a weird sex thing. Mm -hmm. And I would just like to say to that Twitter follower that I watched the video and it is not that sexual. Um, not that sexual you know? relative to other ASMR videos. <laughs> uh, no, it's just, it's not, it's not sexual. It, you know, just because you happen to be in bed and your friend is there whispering to you, doesn't mean it's a sex thing. You know, she's just helping you fall asleep. It's completely innocent. She's just in your bed, whispering in your ear. Just, now, now just because you don't have any good friends Twitter follower who are willing to help you fall asleep, doesn't mean that it's a sex thing. That's all I have to say about that. Okay. Um, and then I watched a similar video by uh, Pelagia ASMR, and I don't really remember anything about that because I watched it late at night ten years ago. Incredible. Because uh, that's how long it's been since our last recording. Seriously, in two weeks, John, you've watched like three ASMR videos? I know, yeah. I haven't watched that much. Um, Terrible. Also, again, I don't think it's been two weeks. I think it's been ten years because it, it, it feels more like that. Um, I just closed the tab. Accurate. I don't know if it was relevant or not. <laughs> Hopefully uh, not. Yeah, I think it was something I'd already talked about, maybe. Uh, oh, it was, yeah. Okay. Um, oh, I also... Um, oh, uh, and so I guess sort of moving on a little bit, uh, this isn't quite so much uh, side quests as it is uh, keeping up with the ASM artists, uh, a new segment I'm introducing right now. Well, hold on, uh, I have a side quest. Oh, shit! Yeah. Now, I have the biggest fucking side quest you ever see. In fact, I think this is like the side quest in a video game where it's like you go and you fight the extra challenging boss, but you get like the really broken weapons if it's a JRPG. Okay, you know I don't play many JRPGs, uh, so maybe you should come up with a different. Uh, okay, well, you know, like time. how in Zelda, um, if Ian? you. Ian? Ian? Well, John, you, should... you know how if in Call of Duty. You shoot all the terrorists real good, then you become a proud Merca boy? <laughs> yeah, of course, of course. Yeah, so I did a side quest that was like that, um, where I saw a theatrical performance, and I recommend that you and, and our um, viewers look this up, called The Encounter. And this was a Broadway show. And it was... I didn't really know what it would be going into it so much. But it turns out it was maybe the closest thing to a Broadway ASMR experience that I think will ever exist. 
the idea of the show is it's a it was supposed to be a sort of sound design spectacular that was all about this explorer who got trapped in the Amazon. And very prominent to this production was one of those weird head-shaped binaural microphones. It was like oh. in the center of the stage, and this guy would just go around, and he'd make noises into it. And in the show, everybody had headphones, and you had to put on headphones. And it was just like the surround sound experience of this guy making noises at this head on the stage. And he'd like pour water near it sometimes, and he'd... he there were even times when he was whispering into it. And it was the most binaural thing that I ever fucking saw. Huh. Shit, I'll definitely have to check that out. Um, I'm assuming this uh, has nothing to do with the uh, the movie, The Encounter. Full Christian movie. Um, yeah, I think that's safe to say. Okay. I think if you look uh, up, yeah, if you look up uh, The Encounter Broadway, um... So did you did you experience ASMR while watching it, Ian? No, I enjoyed yeah, it though. Very right, cool. Oh, yeah, also well, another cool. ASMR side quest, John. Yeah, I listened to the world's most popular and informative podcast about ASMR. Oh wow! How was it? I listened to one whole episode of um, <laughs> our podcast. I assume it was the episode you weren't in. Yep. Oh, nice. it was okay. I felt like there was a lot of dead air in it. There was, yeah. It wasn't a great episode. I blame myself. I didn't come in prepared. Mm. I didn't know what to talk about. Uh, yeah. It was... Ho- I, I th- hopefully they'll be better from here on out. But that was not a good one. I, I think it's kind of fun. It, I wanted to release something. Edited it so that there were literally no pauses. It was just like non-stop. <laughs> <laughs> Also, Maybe it'd be fun if you did that on both of our ends. So, like every time that I pause to let you talk, you just cut that out entirely. And every time you <laughs> pause to let me talk, you cut. So we're just talking over each other the whole time. It'd be sort of like an art piece, I think. What? Okay, sorry. I I really, really need to uh, bring us into our new segment, uh, keeping up with the ASM artists. Okay. So. I so ASMR Surge, uh, who you will remember from uh, the soap carving video we watched, mm-hmm. has released ASMR soap carving too. Um, and now I haven't watched it yet, but I will concede that some of the soap in this one looks a lot like cheese. If you just look up the uh, the thumbnail for this, Ian, um, I think you'll see that the the soap being cut in the thumbnail. Uh, is is very cheese-like. And I think intentionally so. Because it is just a block of soap on a cutting board that he is cutting into cheese-sized slices. Oh, it's like no. he's just got a block of cheddar oh, cheese no. and he's slicing it. <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> this is a disaster. Um, and then I, I also found uh, a pinned comment in the... Uh, uh, like under the video. So this is was pinned by ASMR Surge. It is a comment from ASMR Surge. Uh, and I'm not going to read the whole thing because it's very long. But it starts off, If you do not remember, the last time when I was carving soap sculptures, 
I managed to make such masterpieces, in quotations, that they had to be expelled from the Soap Society. Unfortunately, they did not make it to the Island of Losers and had been lost in the depths of the Ocean of Dish Soap. <laughs> Today I decided to bring to life three brave adventurers who will set out on a rescue mission. Please let me introduce to each, uh, each of them. Please let me introduce you to each of them. Uh, it, I'm not gonna, like, read the, the rest of it, but I think it's amazing that they're, that he has created this, uh, um, this, this rich fiction around his soap carvings. Yeah. Um, and so also from watching the intro, it looks like the carvings in this video are, like, much more impressive than the last one. Yeah, I'm just gonna sort of skipping through the video. I will say, so the carvings look better, and one thing that I really appreciate is, after the first one, um, the next two soaps that he used are not cheese colored. <laughs> it's like a pink one and a brown one. And so oh, I think okay. that really helps things out. I think this is a much more watchable video. <laughs> I'll, yeah, I'm definitely gonna check this out at some point. Uh, hopefully by the, by our next episode. Uh, and so, finally, I think it's time to, uh, segue into our main quest, uh, by first talking about something other than Bob Ross. Um, I watched half of a video by Ephemeral Rift. I didn't quite have time to finish it. Um, but it is a video in which Ephemeral Rift dresses up as Bob Ross. The video is Face Painting by Bob Ross, ASMR, uh, by Ephemeral Rift. And, uh, the, so the, the part that I watched is pretty great. He, he dresses up as Bob Ross. Uh, he's, it's like a pretty good costume. Uh, he's out in the woods by like a babbling brook. Um, and he's got a bunch of paints on his palette that Bob Ross would have. He's got titanium, ti- titanium white, sap green, yellow ochre, cadmium red. Uh, Midnight Black and Thalo Blue, I believe. Uh, and he's, he is painting your face, is the fiction of the video. He's talking the whole time. He's got a lot of his Bobisms in there. He talks about, uh, beating the devil out of the brush. Uh, he talks about some of the happy little critters or friends in the forest. But he also talks quite a bit about what I assume are his other characters it sounds like there's like a rich fiction that he has woven through his like whole collection of videos and is like just creating and is basically world building through his asmr videos uh because he references being in arkham massachusetts uh, which also makes me think that he might be a lovecraft fan he talks about the institute quite a few times i believe uh, as well as The Professor. Uh, he references the fact that Bob Ross died and says that he was brought back to life by The Professor, who has some sort of machine to re- like rejuvenate people. Uh, he also mentions something about how The Professor has great plans for humanity. And I just, I'm huh. so intrigued. I really need to watch more of his videos. So were you getting those, just those nasty tingles, John? Uh, no, I, I actually wasn't, surprisingly. Um, I think it's partly because I was watching it in, like, in pieces. I don't think I gave myself quite enough time to, uh, to experience ASMR with this one. But it seemed to have, like, all of the, 
all the all the triggers that I would need. Like it was definitely very binaural. Uh, it had some nice scratching sounds. The babbling brook in the background was quite nice, and the four sounds in general. Um, There's plenty of whispering, but I, I think I just didn't give myself the time to to really get invested. Okay. Then. All right. Uh, so now that we are uh, about half an hour in, uh, mm-hmm. let's get to the main <laughs> quest. <laughs> All right. So the main quest was it was actually sort of a loose main quest this time, looser than it's been previously. It was. Just watch some Bob Ross. Yeah. Uh, no, Ian, had, had you watched any Bob Ross before? Oh, so I watched a little bit uh, back when Twitch, several months ago, was doing their uh, little Bob Ross live stream. I think that was over a year ago now. Was it? I think so. Oh, fuck. Uh, in any case, yeah, th- th- so that was my first exposure to Bob Ross as well. Uh, and I fell immediately in love. Um... So I, I, sh- I should say right off the bat, I don't believe I've ever experienced ASMR watching Bob Ross. Um, when I first started watching him, when they were Twitch, when uh, Twitch was doing their marathon, uh, I I was fascinated just by like the magic of his paintings. I'm someone who does not know how to paint. I do not have much skill in many studio arts. I. Uh, can't draw particularly well. Uh, I, again, don't really know anything about painting. Um, and, like, there's something so... Like, just magical about his technique. Uh, it's like, like, he creates these these paintings in, like, half an hour. And the whole... And there's so much of what he does that looks like it's not going to turn into anything cool or interesting. And then a couple brushstrokes later, it's a mountain or a tree, or like a whole bunch of trees, and it's just like it's it's just like watching him do magic tricks on the on the canvas. Yeah, I think so. Bob Ross is probably the ASM artist that we do not need to introduce. He's probably the most famous one around, although not really yeah. as an ASM artist. <laughs> uh, Certainly. But for, I guess for those who aren't in the know, Bob Ross was a person who hosted a painting show on PBS called The Joy of Painting, uh, again, yeah. between the 80s and the early 90s. Um, it was um, pretty popular. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, he it was has... seriously vanished from <laughs> public eye around 1994. If you want to get the whole story, you can look at our um, side podcast called you know, uh, Missing Bob Ross. <laughs> uh, but no, he also so he he not only had this PBS show, but as I learned, I did a little bit of looking into Bob Ross. Um, he had a whole company where he he had all these products for teaching people how to paint, and he would even teach art classes. And he had a whole bunch of students or or I guess employees who he taught how to teach his art style. Right. Yeah. He. Um, popularized an existing form of painting called uh, wet-on-wet painting. The basic idea was that you, because typically, uh, my understanding is with with painting on canvas, what you'll do is you'll you'll lay down a layer of paint or something, paint something, and you'll wait for that to dry before you add additional things to the canvas to prevent sort of messy interactions. And in this style of painting, um, you just sort of go for it. You just layer on as much paint as possible onto the canvas. You do these very broad strokes, and 
And you got some pretty cool looking stuff as a result. Yeah. You're not just, like, ignoring the messy interactions, as you put it, between the wet paints. You're you're really embracing it. Um, and particularly for the types of paintings that Bob Ross does, I think it creates a pretty cool effect. Uh, because he tends to do a lot of nature scenes, or I think pretty much exclusively nature scenes. And because he's using these, like, very large brushes, not using fine tools at all, really, um, and has the the paint's just kind of blending together. Uh, it does create a little bit of chaos almost on the canvas, which is very appropriate given that he's creating these nature scenes where things don't always really... Where th- there is a lot of chaos. Uh, and I th- I guess it's just kind of like fascinating to me that he is able to sort of control it, I guess. That like you don't just end up with a ugly brown spot where you don't want it. You end up with all sorts of weird and unusual spots, but that they, they fit the context. Yeah, I don't know. I think it'd be interesting, because there's there's so much of his stuff is, you know... I mean, he, he makes extensive use out of scrapers. This idea of, like, you, know, you yeah. have basically multiple layers of color on the canvas. And then you'll use, essentially, a knife to scrape away pieces of um, one of the layers. Mm-hmm. And... It results in these very naturalistic looking things. Like it'll, you know, a, a big classic thing that he does is like snow covered mountains. So you'll have oh, yeah, for sure. brown lower layer of paint and then a, a white upper layer. And by sort of scraping away at the paint, you can reveal the brown in such a way that it looks like, you know, little divots in the snow. Right. Or rocks sticking through. Yeah. Like that. And I think it'd be interesting to see how much of that is sort of the particular styles of his technique versus how much is just sort of our brains trying to make sense out of the scene. I don't know. Because it looks it looks very convincing at a glance. Right. Well, I mean, I, I think that that's sort of the magic of the technique, is that it takes advantage of your, like, Perceptual willingness biases. to kind of yeah, yeah. fill things in. It's, it's like an obstacle, or an optical illusion of a sort. Or an obstacle illusion. Yeah, is, I don't, don't want to throw that away. I, I want to right, yeah. sort of dig into what an <laughs> obstacle illusion might be. Well, so an um, obstacle illusion is when uh, your eyeballs have to jump around a lot okay. and like do some rolls and just kind of do a bunch of like uh, you know a- a- athletic maneuvers mm-hmm. uh, in order to then put the the image together. Okay. So whereas with like an optical illusion, you may sort of be like looking in one or two spots. Or, like, maybe moving around a little bit, and it creates this sort of uh, image that you may, that isn't necessarily there, or that is, appears to be different than it actually is. Whereas with an obstacle illusion, uh, you have to be, like, your eyes have to be very active. You've got to cross them, uncross them, look up, look down, look left, right, look at the diagonal, and, like, it, it, it's really a workout. But at the end of it, you do get this uh, pretty exciting image that just, you know, wasn't there before. Okay. Very good. Now, I have another question for you, John. Um, yeah. If you take anabolic steroids... So anabolic steroids, mm-hmm. the whole point is like they, they promote muscle growth, right? Yeah. What happens to, like, the little muscles you got all over your body? Like, the little muscles you got that raise up your hairs when you get goosebumps, or, like, the muscles that help your eyes contract and stuff. Do those get buffed, too? Um... Well, so, 
you have different types of muscle tissue. Yeah, because I mean, there's like there's smooth muscle and yeah, there's skeletal smooth muscle, right? Yeah, skeletal muscle and cardiac. And, uh, cardiac yeah. yeah. Um. So. Presu- so uh so like the um the ones that like raise up your hairs I believe are smooth muscle, um and so I'm not sure that uh anabolic steroids affect that. Yeah, actually, I don't believe that um that smooth muscle can undergo um what is it hypertrophy? Sounds right. Yeah, there's like there's like two processes by which muscles grow, and I think one of them is maybe called hypertrophy, and the other one uh, is just called inflation. So I can put a bicycle. <laughs> uh, but in any case, I I don't think your smooth muscles can get stronger, but I I could be mistaken about that. Uh, your skeletal muscles certainly can, though. Unlike your your eyeball muscles, uh, are skeletal muscles, I believe. Yeah, no, they are. Um. So I guess they would get stronger. Although, no, probably not. Because, like, muscles get stronger not just because you take steroids, but also because you, um, because of the, uh, like, overload principle or whatever it is. Like, you know, they, they don't get stronger just by, if you continue to do the same thing, they get stronger if you do something that works them more than they're used to. Mm. Uh, so I don't, I don't think it would affect your eyeball muscles. Okay. Unless you were doing... Obstacle illusions. Obstacle, yeah, obstacle illusions, yeah. (laughs) Uh, Then, I mean, you would get uh, some pretty wild eyes. Uh, Actually, well, so, like, in cartoons, when uh, someone's eyes are able to pop out of their head and then come back in without any sort of ill effects, Mm -hmm. um, that's actually, a lot of people think that that is just, like, you know, a a purely made-up thing for cartoons with no bearing in reality. But in fact, um, if you do enough obstacle illusions... And with an unhealthy um, amount of steroids, uh, you can achieve that in real life. Oh wow! Yeah, incredible. Yeah, I know. So that's that's what those cartoons are based off of is um, unhealthy ster- er, steroid abuse and obstacle illusions. Hmm. Good to know. Yeah. Also, good to uh, sort of delay this a little bit because I don't I don't know that I have that much to say about Bob Ross. Well, I have a few more things to say about Bob Ross. Okay. Uh, Bob Ross has a lot of great Bobisms. Uh, so, for instance, he he talks about uh, about his animal friends a lot, or I mean, like he talks about animals a lot. At least he refers to them as critters or his uh, friends, uh, like his little friends. Um, and he like will often show videos of squirrels and stuff during the show. Uh, hold on, I want to I want to ask you. Which, because we just sort of went into saying, just watch some Bob Ross. What Bob Ross did you watch? Uh, I watched a couple episodes from, like, season 23 or something. I don't remember exactly which ones, but I watched a couple over the last ten years. Oh, okay. I I watched, there was something on Netflix that's like, what was it called? That's Frozen. But, uh. He also, he paints a lot of little doers. Uh, Beauty is Everywhere. There's a Netflix series called Bob Ross, Beauty is Everywhere. And I watched a couple episodes of that, and in the first episode he shows a video of a squirrel, which is what got me all hot and bothered. <laughs> I, like, I mean, yeah, he, he shows videos of squirrels pretty uh, pretty regularly. Does he? Um, yeah, like, almost once an episode, I would say. 
At least, at least in the ones that I've seen, I, th- I think it's like not quite every episode, but most of them. Oh wow! Yeah, um, I, I guess occasionally it'll be like a deer or something other than a squirrel, but mostly squirrels. He also, yeah, he he talks about painting little doers, like like grasses can be doers, or like trees in the distance can be doers. Um, lots of things can be doers, and I I love that. Uh, he I also. In basically every episode, he tells you how to clean off your brush, and he always does it in the same you way. You gotta beat the devil out of it, John. Well, so, no, you don't, you don't just beat the devil out of it. So, he, like, he takes it, he says, so first you, you, you gotta stick it in some, uh, in your, uh, what is it, liquid clear, I think. And then you shake it off a little bit, and then you... And he, like, just slams it a bunch of times against, uh, the, like, one of the legs of his easel. Um, and then after he does that, he stands back up, he looks at the camera, and he says, and, and then he just, and he goes, <laughs> he chuckles a little bit to himself. He chuckles every time. You just beat the devil out of it. I just, like, he says it exactly the same way, with the same cadence, every time. And he laughs every time, which is what makes it so delightful. Mm. He's a pretty He's delightful guy. He really is. He seems so happy. Yeah. He makes me happy. So you even though I've never... Ex- <laughs> I don't think so. I think... I think... I think it's just the paint fumes. No, no, I think it's just the joy of painting. Just the... You know, John? Quite literally, the joy of painting. Wow. I, I never thought about it that way. That's pretty deep, actually. The joy of painting yeah. was Bob Ross. Or he yeah. was experiencing the joy of painting? I don't know. I don't know. Um, oh yeah, so although I, I so I haven't ever experienced um, ASMR from watching Bob Ross, but once I got over the initial um, like awe of his paintings, I I did um, I, I did start to find them very relaxing, just because he, he has a very calming voice. The paintings are quite relaxing to watch, um, and I it has like I have watched it quite a few nights. Where I've been a little, just like, a little too wound up, having trouble sleeping. And so I just put on some Bob Ross, and it helps me fall asleep. Hmm. Uh, now, uh, just quickly, I, I do not watch them in bed. I get out of bed to watch them. Because bed asleep. is for what two things, John? Sleeping and sex. Incredible. Or masturbating. Well, hold on. <laughs> I just want to remind all of our listeners that masturbation is a sin against the Lord. <laughs> And if you masturbate one time, then you will go to hell. <laughs> so that's just, I just wanted to make that clear. We take a hard line in this podcast. <laughs> um, and I will not have our poor defenseless listeners just, you know, uh, tugging the one-eyed snake. <laughs> well, you know, I... Maybe, maybe for some people, uh, you know, that is what their religion preaches. But maybe some other religions, they think, you know, it's okay to masturbate every now and then. John, you can masturbate one religion ten times in your life. You can masturbate up ten times in your life. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I thought so, John. There's no religion because every religion agrees. No masturbation allowed. Also, I do just want to say, that's very... They don't agree on... Gender normative me talking about tugging the one-eyed snake. You could... Yeah, I, I was... Also I was, be stroking the clam. <laughs> Thank you, Ian, for being so accepting. 
I try to, um, I don't know. I don't know what I tried to, John. I lost the, I lost the thread of that one. I didn't admit it. Um, it's also, there's a, I feel like there's a lot of patterns in Bob Ross, or in the joy of painting with Bob Ross. Um, which makes sense given that, like, he is just doing a painting every episode and they're all nature scenes and there's a lot of, like, similarities between them. It's obviously going to get repetitive after, like, 20 plus seasons. Uh, but I, I find a lot of the repetitiveness quite enjoyable. Because there are so many times where he's got this, like, what looks like a very beautiful painting to my eyes. And then he he does something. Like, he just creates this big, like, black or brown spot just, like, right across the middle of it. Or, like, completely paints over some part of the painting that I really liked. And you're just like, oh no, Bob Ross, you ruined it! And then, like, two minutes later, he made it even better than it was before. And it's just... It's amazing. Yeah. What a fucking magician. So I will say, um, you talking about there being a lot of repetition in it. I, yeah. I did a little bit of digging into Bob Ross outside of my mm-hmm. podcast, uh, Missing Bob Ross, which you can find <laughs> on you know iTunes or Stitcher or any of your podcast uh, places. So I did some investigation to him. One thing that I learned, so so he was not paid at all. He, he did not accept payment for his work on The Joy of Painting. Oh, wow. And he would that. also often film... Entire like thirteen season episode or thirteen episode seasons over the course of like two days. Oh my god! You just fucking bust these guys out like there was no tomorrow. <laughs> what a pro! It really was. Or what an amateur since he wasn't getting paid. I don't. Yeah, I mean he made he made a tremendous amount of money off of it. I think he was worth like fifteen million dollars or something at the time. Damn. Just because his, his his whole Bob Ross company was quite successful. Right, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, just, he seems like such a delightful man. He really does. Man, if it, if it, if it, like, if there are stories out there of, of Bob Ross just, like, being a dick, I don't want to hear him. Well, hold on, John, you like, say that, you know, but... Yeah, sometimes you need your heroes, Ian. I will say, so this isn't really a story about Bob Ross being a dick, but this is, this is maybe a fairly common, maybe one of the more common pieces of, like, well, Bob Ross trivia. He was a master sergeant in the army. I think I was aware that he like had some military background. Yeah, I didn't really know much about it. Actually, it might have been the Air Force or something. I don't know if it was the army. Um, but also, he was a first sergeant. I'm not sure if he was ever a master sergeant. I'm also not sure if those are different ranks. I don't know how military ranks work. Um, yeah, I, I don't know much about the military. He apparently. Um, he was quoted as saying that, you know, when he was in the army, uh, as a first sergeant, he was a very mean guy, and he was the sort of person who'd make you make your bed, and who'd make you stand up straight, and who'd yell at you, and then he decided at one point that if he ever left the army, which he did, that he would never yell again. See, like, that's okay, though, for, because that's like, that's sort of the Bob Ross origin story. Yeah, that's not like, yeah. Oh, Bob um, Ross was, like, a nice guy on TV, but, like, oh, it was all an act. He was such a dick in real life. He, like, killed ten people in cold blood just because they looked at him the wrong way. Uh, I think that's a little extreme. I don't think there's... uh, Not many celebrities like that. No, no. He wasn't... Yeah, because they they would probably go to jail for that. 
There was someone, oh, whoever it was, like William Alexander, not William Alexander, I'm thinking about the Alexander technique right now. Um, the person <laughs> who taught Bob Ross about the whole wet on wet style, um, went on to, I said, a very strained relationship with him. Uh, I'm looking it up now. Bill yeah, Alexander. I was literally just saying how I don't want you to kill my hero, and you're like, trying as hard as you can. I'm not trying as hard as... I'm just saying, Bob Ross was a real person. Um, so yeah. Ian, I don't need him to be a real person. Well, okay, okay. hold on. What if I just Sometimes read some Bob Ross you books? need a hero. Oh, let's do that. Okay, because I actually silly. found a uh, GitHub repository that has 300... And 69 quotes from Bob Ross. On GitHub? Yep. And it's just a, it's just a little script they put together where, like, it's it's sort of like a lorem ipsum sort of deal, where it just fills up arbitrary documents with text. Except instead of oh, okay. lorem ipsum, lorem ipsum, whatever, it's just Bob Ross quotes. Alright, that's, that's pretty amazing. I'm a water fanatic. I love water. I think there's an artist hidden in the bottom of every single one of us. Here, we're limited by the time we have. Go out on a limb. That's where the fruit is. Uh, Ian, do you want to just, like, start whispering these while I do some inventory management, and then we can wrap up the podcast? Don't kill all your dark areas. You need them Listeners, to show the light. Thank you again. For joining us for this exciting episode Almighty of ASMR us. Quest, a podcast intent not intended In to trigger ASMR, but rather about can ASMR. Be happy. Listeners, In nature, please get in touch with us trees, on Twitter just as normal, at ASMRQuest underscore quest, or email da, 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 us at da, da, ASMRQuesting at gmail.com. Please Let's don't forget happy to leave us a five-star review on iTunes. Let's put a touch once again, remember, more magic If you there. reach out, we'll try to reach back. Life is too short to be alone. Through the magic of the internet. Too precious. Straight into your heart. Share it with a friend. Pretend you're water. Listeners, thank you again for joining Just us. Just floating without any effort. Hope you've enjoyed this episode. Having a good day. We'll see you see again. There? How easy that is. There it is. There we go. The very fact that you're aware of suffering is enough reason to be overjoyed that you're alive and can experience it. Hold on, no, John, don't stop recording yet. I, I got one more Bob Ross quote. One more Bob Ross quote, John. Okay, I already stopped recording. I started recording again so that you could oh, share on. this other recording. Uh, on, no, or this other Bob Ross quote. I'm going to have to do some magical editing wizardry to fix it later. Oh, God, this is going to be a whole... whole it won't really be that magical. It'll be pretty simple to, to fix it. Oh, no. Oh. I could have, like, appended recording, but I didn't have time to find the button. Okay, sorry. So, what, what is it? What's this other... Fuck, Bob I'm trying to find a good one. Okay, shit. I feel like that was a great way to end, Ian, and you kind of... You fucked it up a little bit. Yeah, I did fuck it up. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, no. It's a whole big mess up. We'll end the next I mean, episode. Really, you know, like, it, it probably wasn't the right way to end the episode anyway, because, again, this is not a podcast intended to trigger ASMR. Rather, a podcast about ASMR. 
It is filed under the comedy uh, genre on iTunes, so just you know, just give me whatever, whatever it is. Throw it at me. Lay it on me. Give me, give me one thousand more seconds. It's like so hot in my apartment. How is it so hot? I don't know why. I think it's because like all the heat from the apartments below me is like just rising up. Into my apartment. Okay, here we go, John. I found the Bob Ross quote. John, here it is. The final Bob Ross quote to take us out tonight. Alright, what is it? Lay it on me. Did you ever hear the tragedy of Darth Plagueis the Wise? I thought not. It's not a story that Jedi would tell you. It's a Sith legend. (laughs) Darth Plagueis was a dark lord of the Sith, so powerful and so wise. He could use the Force to influence the Midichlorians to create life and had such knowledge of the dark side that he could even keep the ones he cared about from dying. The dark side of the Force is a pathway to many abilities, some considered to be unnatural. He became so powerful. (laughs) The only thing he was afraid of was losing his power, which eventually, of course, he did. Unfortunately, he taught his apprentice everything he knew. Then his apprentice killed him in his sleep. Ironic that he could not save... Ironic that he could save others from death, but not himself. (laughs) Yeah. That's a Bob Ross quote. Um, Episode... Eight of season thirteen. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Thank you, listeners. Goodbye. Oh, incredible. Oh dear. I just kissed the mic. <laughs> <laughs>